Dap, dap, do, do, bop, bop, boom. Tony Duchesne here, and welcome to episode 119 of Drinks with Tony with my guest, Mo Davio, the author of Every Anxious Wave. Speaking of anxiety, <laughs> man, tensions are high in Los Angeles right now as we, as we ride this side of the virus. Do you remember when going viral was a good thing? Do you remember when going viral years ago was a bad thing? Ah, language, words, time forges on. My screenwriting workshop starts online January 25th. Go to writingworkshops.com and scroll through the classes to join my eight-week screenwriting workshop, writingworkshops.com. Plus, storytelling is fun, whether it's a screenplay, a novel, a memoir, when you're talking to a storyteller on a podcast... Hey, this is Mo Davio, and you're listening to Drinks with Tony. Get on the Drinks with Tony show. Yeah. You're listening to Drinks with Tony. I'm your host, Tony Duchesne. Today on the show, we have Mo. Now I'm going to fuck it up. God damn it. <laughs> and you know why? It's because autocorrect made it Adavio. On... God damn it. Like Adagio? Like. I don't know. Now it's trying to make it Adagio. Okay, stop it. I... Niente. All right. All right, this time. Oh, and there's a chance that I got an Apple order coming in during our call. Okay. I've, been trying, I've been trying to get a goddamn computer for like a week and a half, and it's out of control. Now they're like, here's an opening from 2 to 12 to 2. Okay. Hey, if you need to, if you need to go because Apple's being a bitch, like, that's cool. I, I won't leave. I'll just, I'll just have to walk away and come back. So. Okay. Um, all right. Is this, this video or just audio? Just audio. So, okay. But we could talk to each other. So. All right. But it, yeah, this is all right. Okay. All right. You're listening to Drinks with Tony. I'm your host, Tony Duchesne. Today on the show, we have Mo Davio. She's the author of Every Anxious Wave. Mo, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Tony? Oh, just fantastic. I love this pandemic. Isn't it nice? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I'm lonely. I'm scared. I'm sad. I haven't seen my friends in 10 months. Yeah, I'm great. Yeah, I know. Me either. It's so great. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I just, it's like, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh, I love the, sm the smell of catastrophe and fear. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm since LA County is now the epicenter of everything, I'm scared to go to the grocery store now. Uh, you know, me too. I'm, like, I'm, I'm ready to pull out the gloves. You know, I remember at the beginning of pandemic, everyone was wearing gloves and you couldn't yeah. find the gloves anywhere. People were selling them for like $500 a pair on a, right. on a, and, but I'd go to the grocery store with my gloves touch something, take the gloves off, throw it out. I'm ready to pull the gloves out again. That's where I'm yeah, at. Yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm out of bananas, which um, oh, has yeah. posed a quandary in my life. Do I risk my life for bananas? I know. And wouldn't it be so much more fun if we were actually at war so we could dodge bullets to get across the street to get a banana? That would feel like more of right. a, uh, something to tell the kids. <laughs> that's a more immediate death rose we have like this long protracted invisible thing going on i would i mean i would rather get shot at with bullets because then we could still hug each other <laughs> oh tell me about it we could we could all hug in like a basement yeah and i think we would be mentally more sound in that mm -hmm. situation I, yeah maybe yeah. i don't know well you know i mean we weren't really starting with very much to, to begin with so. exactly <laughs> um your book, your book, uh, your book has been optioned, and I, they've actually written a screenplay on it, right? Yeah, it's um, uh, last September. I was uh, minding my own business, doing my day job, which is academic advising uh -huh. for a major university, 
And I snuck a peek at my personal email and there it was, the screenplay, which I didn't write to Every Anxious Wave. And they changed the title to something. I don't know if I'm allowed to share the title, but let's just say it's not Every Anxious Wave. Is, um, it, is it something that you're happy with or is it disgusting? It's not disgusting. I don't, don't love it, but I am yeah. told by people that are more movie oriented and promotion oriented than I am that it's really great for a movie and not like a ponderous literary emo wank fest like my vision of every anxious wave so and you know what in the end they're gonna fuck it up anyway it's fine it's fine yeah. i i'm excited that it got picked up i'm excited that they that somebody like sat and wrote a screenplay uh, it was written by two women who are part of like the the la and new york comedy scene they made it like a punchy comedy the book oh, is yeah? not a punchy comedy yeah it's kind of like in the tradition of like amy poehler tina fey kind of yeah kind of like it's it it has beats like oh there's the beat you know so right right do they yeah. kind of they were trying to did they try to take it and go kind of broad city with it that might be fun actually kind of yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it's it's you know it's still carl the male protagonist he's still you know at the center of it and then lena is still you know a smart chubby scientist uh with a with a hard past and a bright future and yeah. so they got all that all that in there um but the like the arduous emotional aspect is gone and uh, maybe that doesn't really belong on screen i don't know you tell me you're you're more of a screenwriter than i am well um i i think what because what happens when you adapt a book is you gotta let a lot go and you have to just you, you got about three things you can just focus on i think right um, and sometimes yeah, sometimes I, you could if like you're reading the screenplay you could tell that there's more to it then you're like oh okay this is open for the actors and the director to like to ponder this you know so right. you never know uh never know. but i'm excited i mean i don't know when or if it'll actually get made because yeah. things are sort of at a standstill but they did go forward and they did you know they, yeah the, the screenplay is, is done great oh, news so yeah. and for the listeners, the book is about a, 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 a okay, I'm going to say it wrong. It's a wor is it a wormhole in the closet that goes yeah. time travels? Mm -hmm. And you can go, and the way they set it up is they can go to any, uh, any see any band at any time. That's the right. first. I, I, was, yeah. I was trying to think, what, what, what show would I go to? What show would we have? If you could go back in time and see any rock show, Tony, what would you do? I don't know. Do I've seen... I've almost seen everyone I'm, I adore. Is there any you'd go to again? Like I, I would love to go see the Magnetic Fields play um, in 1999 at the at the Vidig Factory when they did Six Nine Love Songs for the first time. I was there in September of 1999 in New York City, um, and I would love to go back. But I yeah, <laughs> uh, well, uh, I guess shows I didn't appreciate uh, was PIL in '85. What? Yeah, and then. Um, and then uh, I, I think I would go back to Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, 1992. I think I'd go back to the Henry's Dream tour. Uh, yeah. But those are the those are two I've been at. But I was such a kid at PIL. I didn't even know any PIL songs. I just knew it was the guy from the Sex Pistols. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, P PIL, did you ever watch 120 Minutes back in the late 80s? Early yeah, 80s? yeah. He was on there a lot. Like, I mean, that's how I knew who he was back then. So eighty five would have been before one hundred and twenty minutes, but yeah, it would have been like twelve minutes. That's really yeah. We were on minute twelve. You wouldn't have known. Um, so <laughs> the um, I remember getting the tickets to uh, the concert because I was 
I was Jehovah's Witness and we were in San Francisco and it was um, Sunday morning and I had to go down to our record store with our, with our suits and our book bags with our watchtowers and Bibles. And I got my two PIL tickets wow. uh, when they went on sale. Yeah. So was it sinful to go see, a, go see Johnny Rotten? Like what, it, what, I, where, did, where did you stand on that religion wise? So, the, well, okay. So they were really confused with me because they're just like, wait a second. He really likes music and he's, and he's going to these things for the music. He's not going for the sex, drugs and orgies that are at every concert. He, he actually listens to the music. They, they paint it in a really weird way, but they did, they did forbid me after that to go to some shows. I had to stand outside. I had to go sell my tickets to a show. It was X and Oingo Boingo at Greek theater in uh, Berkeley. And I had to go there to sell my tickets because I couldn't go inside because the Jehovah's Witnesses said I couldn't go inside. So wow. I had to listen outside the whole Ooh. time. And there was a bunch of stupid little rules. But. Yeah. I grew up with no religion at all. I probably wouldn't have been allowed to go to that show either because I grew up with parents that assumed that I would have just been raped and murdered at a show like that. So Right, yeah. When you have no religion, it's rape and murder. And then when you have religion, right. it's sex and drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were fine with sex and drugs. Rape and murder was where yeah, they yeah. drew the line. Yeah, so. yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, funny. Wait, yeah. what, what, you grew up in LA, yeah? So I grew. I was born in Fresno, California. Uh, yeah. Raised in capital of the world, um, and then uh, half of childhood was there. Half of the other childhood, the other childhood, was in um, South San Diego, Chula Vista, down by the border. Oh, that must have been so, fun. But That's my mom, like fun. most of my mom's family, my dad's, like like all the cousins were in LA and you have to drive through LA to get to San Diego from Fresno. So I kind of grew up in LA. Like I spent a lot of time here as a kid. So oh. I feel like this is also like, I, I, I claim like all of Southern, like coastal Southern California as home just because like it, that it, you know, we came up here a lot. I remember in high school, I was a big theater geek and anytime we like, there was a, big Broadway show, uh, we would get on the school bus and come to LA. I was recently telling a friend about learning the word smegma on the bus to see Les Mis at the Pantages Theater in 1991. Wow. Uh, because one of my classmates on the bus uh, was just losing his shit screaming the word smegma over and over again. <laughs> I was like, what's that? I got home, I was like, what is that? And then I had to be told because- Well, now you have to tell me what that is. Because I, I, because I remember there was a band called Smegma that I used to play on my uh, radio show when I was at KFJC. But I, oh, I don't I know would... what I don't know what Smegma is. <laughs> don't worry, I'm, I'm 51. <laughs> I'm still uh, Smegma is the um, white, creamy secretion that collects uh, in a uncircumcised male's foreskin. Oh wow, that is yeah. really, that's really specific. <laughs> I believe that is the correct way to explain it. Um, oh, at least that's how it was explained to me when I got home that night. And be like, what's Magma, mom? Oh, wow. Okay, well, that's cool. not something you ever need to worry about, young lady, because... <laughs> but, yeah, I was just... Um, a friend of mine and I were talking about how we learn different sexual terms and like, yeah. like I had this really really specific memory of learning the word smegma on the school bus to go see Les Miserables at the Pantages Theater in Los Angeles in 1991. I, I love the juxtaposition <laughs> of all of that it's so great. Uh, is the juxtaposition the right word that's not the right word for it the uh well the, I don't know 
See, see, it's 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 writers, it's writers learning words on drinks with it's, I love words. Words are my favorite. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Keep, they keep me going. This this storytelling, creating our mythologies. Yep. Kind of thing. So Wait, when, when you're working on um, every anxious wave, I, what was the? Did you did you have the fantasy of going back in time and seeing your favorite shows? Was that? Oh like, yeah, that was kind of my go-to like yeah. icebreaker question at a party. I'd be like, hey, I'm gonna carry this conversation here. I'm gonna, I got this question loaded, locked and loaded, and I'm gonna aim it at you. Um, Cause I've always been like a big music geek and mm -hmm. um, I don't know, I just kind of, it, it tells you a lot. Like if you, if someone was like, I would go back in time to see Lou Rawls at the fairground or I would go back in time and see new kids on the block. Um, I or, saw new kids on the block. Oh my God. <laughs> True story. We're just, I guess we're just going to cover like the, the early nineties uh, at Armenian church summer camp. A, a girl also named Monique threatened to kill me because I told her I didn't like new kids on the block. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Whoa. She obviously did not kill me. No, that, these days that was sent her to juvie. You can't right? even say that. Yeah, it's like well, in nineteen ninety or whatever that was, you yeah. totally you can kick someone's ass, put their head in a toilet, and then just get detention. Those were brutal times, Tony. <laughs> I'm surprised I'm sitting here talking about it without either crying or having to call a lawyer because <laughs> how we survived, I don't know. No, yeah. I I was I was uh, I was being set up to get married when I was like nineteen years old. Oh uh, wow! In the Jehovah's Witnesses. That's what they try to do. But I got out of it. But the woman that they were trying to set me up with was a huge fan of New Kids on the Block. And so I had to go with her and her family to see New Kids on the Block. But I saw Oingo Boingo the night before and I was in the pit the whole time. So I was wow. just bruised up and felt okay watching New Kids on the Block, knowing that I saw a good show the night before. Wow. You almost had to marry, had to marry someone that lived Yeah. There. Oh, yeah. The elders were like, you know what? You don't have to ask her to marry you here, but we'd like you to ask her like within the next six weeks. So. And then fortunately, my uncle killed himself. And that kind of set the whole, the, my whole story in a different direction. <laughs> Thanks, uncle. For... I know. Yeah, you got me out of that one. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's crazy, huh? Yeah. I, yeah, I can't even. I mean, I wasn't marrying anyone when I was 19. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you, were, uh, you, you sound like you were very cool and going to all the great shows, though, too. Um, well, as soon as I like left for college and wasn't under the, the watchful eye of, of my parental team. Um, yeah. Although I do remember going to see 10,000 Maniacs at the San Diego Sports Arena. That's like, a good I, one. It was really good. And my friend Gabriel from high school got up and sang with Natalie on stage. And that was a huge deal. How did he do that? He was pen pals with her, I want to say. Wow. And he had a he had a great singing voice. He's very musically talented. And he just got up there and he like sang and sang with Natalie. I still remember it. I can still hear it in my head. It was a big moment for everybody at Chula Vista High School. I bet. Um, yeah. Um, what else did I see prior to my escape from Southern California? Um, hmm. I don't remember, but in 1994 I left for college, which was Smith in Massachusetts, and I immediately like joined became a DJ at the radio station. It was a total indie rock obsessed nerd and went to all the shows I could around Western Mass back then. And that was my like, you know, identity. Yeah. And it never really stopped being my identity. Although I quit going to shows like three times a week. I got, got it down to like one time a week. 
Uh, Isn't it funny that three times, three times a week's a thing? Because I was three times a week while I was still in San Francisco until I moved to LA about seven years ago. Wow. But I, but I was writing for, I was writing music for the San Francisco Chronicle and stuff like that. So I was right. just, and I lived in the Tenderloin and the venues were within walking distance. And right. I was on the list on every show I wanted to be on. So. Cause you're cool like that. Yeah. I was, I mean, I, sometimes I was on a list. Most of the times I was not most times I paid my seven bucks. Seven bucks. Yeah. Oh, I still have a lot of, um, I don't have them with me here. They're in storage in Austin, but I have a lot of my ticket stubs from the nineties. I saw Sebado play for eight bucks at the Pearl street nightclub in Northampton, Massachusetts. Wow. Eight bucks. And that was probably like a significant amount of money that, that year. Yeah. I want to say that was like, yeah. Yeah. No, you eight like bucks. old Nick Cave tickets. You see him for 11. And it's just like, God damn, that would, that one hurt. That hurt at the uh, time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. But, but when you're doing college radio, do you, they, do they, did they do staff list where you can get on a staff for? Oh, yeah. 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 So sometimes like if I was going to go review a show or we hosted a lot of our own shows on campus. So I was one of the people that like planned shows. Uh, sometimes illegally sometimes I did not have the proper permits but hosted a show anyway for example do you know the band the makeup the Infidelius? yes yeah okay. why do I know them nation of Ulysses okay so Ian's so the makeup came to play at Smith uh, 97 I want to say and yeah. I I uh, had them play illegally in a basement of a dorm like you do yeah, uh, and I, I mean, I knew I was, I knew that if anything bad happened, it was my ass, but I did yeah. it anyway. And I remember Ian, um, client, there was like pipes running along the ceiling, like the water pipes, the dorm, like, and he climbed up on them and was dangling from them and singing, like had one hand on a pipe and one hand on the mic, and I'm like watching this, I'm like, if he breaks that pipe, I am so screwed. <laughs> um, he didn't, and it was all okay, but. You know, no. that's the beauty of just being that age and being in that scene where just do it. You can't yeah. find a place to play. You make a place to play. And, right. And that's, I mean, I, 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 I think every, I think all, all, all kids need to go through that. Sure. They need to go through that. Oh, crap. If that guy breaks the water, I'm dust. And he doesn't. And it's the most amazing show. And you, you, everyone remembers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that happened. And I remember that time, I mean, Western Mass, like it has a pretty significant or did and still kind of, I mean, there were nightclubs and, and like a pretty active music scene, but a lot of the shows I remember going to at that era were in people's basements. Yeah. So, and you just had to know, be in the know about them. And I mean, I don't know how it's going on now with pandemic, but like, you know, the, the, there's like this whole punk, have you know, have you heard about the punk movement, like East LA and Pomona or like metal movement? And these kids are playing backyard parties and they're like oh, wow. 15 and 16 years old. And, I, and people are like getting all, oh, just, we gotta be, we gotta, see, we gotta stop that. And I'm like, no, you gotta keep that going. That's, stop that's gonna... that because of the pandemic or stop that? No, no, this is before <laughs> pandemic. When I was, was gonna say. Like, like, we got a lot of rowdy kids. We got 400 rowdy kids in our neighborhood. I so. love 400 rowdy kids. Yes. I, I them... want to be all their moms. Yes. I would be like, here, here's a guitar. Go make magic. Go make magic. Go get hurt. Go get hurt emotionally and physically. And If and... they don't do it in a musical setting, they'll do it in another one. I know. musical. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, there's just, 
I, like even when I like these these playgrounds with uh, padding, it's like I want a kid to break an arm so they know what it what it feels like to break an arm. I found yeah. a photo of myself in like 1977 in my car seat, which was like all metal with a little like padding wrapped around it. And I was like, wow, wow, mom. <laughs> That would not pass muster today. <laughs> at, but at the same time in 1977, that was very forward-thinking safety. Right. I mean, if I had been bored a few years earlier, they would have just thrown me in the back seat and I would have like knocked around and hit the yeah. windows. And that was just the way it was. A, a car seat used to be you sat on mom's lap while she chain smoked. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, it, that was, it's just like, oh, good. They're taking care of their kid. A lot of my friends who are like maybe like four, five, six years older than me, they all have stories about like falling out of the moving car as kids. Oh my God. I never like the that. door just flung open and out they went. Yeah. Oh shit. My kid fell out of the car. Like wow. This does not happen anymore. Well, I remember he's bit I remember just a bunch of us being in the back of a pickup truck flying oh, yeah. on the freeway. It'd just be like nine kids and dad in the truck. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> the, the, he, the, my dad would go to, uh, or even friends' dads, they would all be in um, detention centers right now for child neglect. <laughs> right? So, yeah. <laughs> Safety. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, we have to consider, like, how we want our children today to get hurt, because they will get hurt. And maybe it right. won't be falling off of a jungle gym. Maybe it'll be heartbreak. Yes. And, Maybe someone will smash their head in with a guitar and a show. Right. Do it. Do it when the stakes are low, not when you're 40 and have two kids. You know, do, do right. it when the stakes are low and your body can heal faster. You know. It's... Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I mean, yeah. I don't even know what I would do with like with that right now because I I'm I'm 44 and I opted out of the have it, the kid having thing. Yeah. So, um. Yeah. So I don't even know. Like, I, I, I feel like there's this whole like world of like social pressure that I just don't know about because of that. Right. I mean, well, I I was married to a Jehovah's Witness and she didn't want kids. So, uh, which was okay because we're going to have kids when we're perfect in Jehovah's paradise. Um, I was kind of more of the like, let's have kids. I'll be cool with that. You know, and she, and anyway, she was, and oh my, I'm bringing up all my stuff here, but uh, I, I have, I have sort of a calming effect on some people. So maybe <laughs> I know you do. Like, I'm kind of like, a, calming me. <laughs> maybe I'm like your therapist ish, Tony, which is fine. Like I love, I love, uh, I love talking to people. Yeah, no, you're just, a ton of fun. So, Hey, the crux tell, of me the about all your, tell me about all your Jehovah's Witness marriage <laughs> shit. Go for it. Well, the crux of that story was, um, she would always say, you know what? The kids would like you more than they like me. They would always go. And I'd be like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and he was, it was because when we babysat our friends, kids, the kids would come hang out with me because they wouldn't hang out with her. Cause you have that cool dad vibe. I guess. Yeah. Now I got the cool dad bod. <laughs> Hey, look, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've been dating some, some dudes as much as possible uh, prior to this pando. And now I'm like, yeah, it's just, it's, we're all, we're all getting a little lumpy. It's fine. I no. think it's hot, Tony. It's totally hot. Is it it's good? Little, yeah. The, the belly. I'm like, you know what? You know what? That just signifies that we're not trying to, you know, impress each other anymore with like superficial shit. Like we eat a burger. It goes straight to our waist. Fuck it. Like. We're we're halfway to the grave now. Amen. Amen. There's a little something more to hold on to, right? Like, I gotta tell you that like I this COVID things I I put weight on, man. That's I'm just sitting here going, I was like oh, at the beginning, I'm like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll see how long this goes. I'll do like 
50 push-ups a day i'll go running and then like about two weeks in i'm just like that ah, depression sucks i'm not moving <laughs> i i lost like 15 pounds without trying at the beginning of this and then i went back on antidepressants and gained it all back so. oh yeah yeah <laughs> it's a good time it's a great time to get antidepressants I love Wellbutrin. It is my, I feel so much better. I don't, I mean, I don't want to walk into traffic anymore, which is a plus, which was the point of going on them in the first place. Yeah. I yeah. also just like, you know, I, I wonder if I mean, it's a, it's, it's a dopamine receptor drug. It's not an SSRI. So mm -hmm. I wonder if like, since I'm not getting dopamine from like making out with dudes at the club or even just hugging a friend, like, I wonder if, you know, it's just the same thing if I take it in a pill. It's, I, I think it drives me because I take Prozacs myself and I, I think people don't realize that things do get so bad you have to take an antidepressant and the people yeah. who are against antidepressants are like you just had a blue day you don't need a pill it's like no you don't you have no idea this is keeping me alive this is yes yeah it's uh uh yeah I was there there came a point in all this when I was just like on the floor crying every day and I was like this is not sustainable I gotta I gotta I gotta fix this so because we just, it's easy to go to dark places. I think especially as creative people too, creative people that I have heard from my therapists who are not creative, they go, you have great imagination. And I'm like, yeah, it's killing me here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, none of my, I mean, most of my friends are creative people and none of us are doing well. <laughs> um, some of yeah. us who, you know, have kids or, or high stakes creative jobs are trying to keep it together as best as they can, but I, I, I have a low stakes <laughs> creative job, and I was a spent a couple months this summer a goddamn mess. Yeah. But I'm not a mess anymore. I'm actually doing okay. So, yeah, it's it, we're, it's it's also amazing how resilient we are. We get through those dark periods. Yeah, and then it's just like, oh my god! I always have to tell myself, remember this good part. Remember the good part because this is the part that I need to remember when I get really dark and I need to go. You know what? I get, it's going to go back to that. Easy enough, easier to say, but right, right. The su the the Southern California sunshine has helped. I have to say, if I were still in Portland in the gray, I would probably be a little less jovial. Yeah. Um, not that I don't miss Portland and my people there, but uh, I wouldn't be seeing them anyway. So hey. Um, yeah. yeah, so it's nice to be home. No, so you, so you consider a Los Angeles. I love how you have the Fresno, the Fresno to Chula Vista boundary. See, because because I grew up in San Francisco, so that's nothing. I I can't go. Oh yeah, I'm I'm Southern Californian. That's there. That the cutoff is probably right around. Here's the thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna diss San Diego, and and San Diego really? you can just sit with this and think about it. Um, I don't love, well, I don't love San Diego because I was dragged there kicking and screaming because my mom married an asshole and we had to move there and that was a shit show. Um, and so I, it's, it's, San Diego is permanently sullied for that reason. But also like, if you're going to live in Southern California and you're going to be an artist, like you go to LA, you don't, you don't stay in San Diego. I mean, there's so many like really smart, really creative people here. Yeah. And there just isn't in San Diego. I mean, there is, there is, but because every place has smart, creative people, but there's just more of them here. Um, and if the world were still intact, I would be going to shows and, you know, doing theater and going to readings and trying to find a writing group. And yep. I will eventually. I mean, but there's a lot here. I, most of my friends also from high school live here now too. So it's like, mm, everybody came here. Oh, that's cool. I like that. 
Yeah. The, um, it's it's funny, you know, how like the divorce and a shitty stepdad sullied uh, San Diego for you. It's it's funny how I, I like even like names of people. Uh, I'll, it relates to something that was bad in my past, and I was like, I, I was I was shopping for dogs. I was I I I, lo- I go online. Oh yeah, yeah. I look at I look at all the dogs available for adoption. I you know I don't know if I'm gonna get one, but I just I just want to see who's out there, right? <laughs> right. You might find your soul dog on the SPCA website. Yeah. This you know, and then some of them are like, oh, that's so cute, but I can't have that name because that reminds me of blank, blank, and blank. You know. Well, can't you change the dog's name, or there's like, no, Tony, my name is Casper, like the friendly ghost, and fuck you if you try to change it to whatever you know so i so i had cats are you like a are you making the dog feel like you're denying its true identity by renaming it no 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 i have no problem with it i'll rename i'll rename the dog in a second but will it come to me see because i i had cats and and uh adopted them they were two years old kiwi and shani were their names and i was like this is terrible i gotta i get i gotta help these poor cats to get new names they weren't having it they're just like no, no. They, they, they're like that is that is our name. We're not even answering to anything else, anyway. So then I started wow. I started calling Shani Shaniqua. So right, I, I, you know, kind of gave her a black name. So I'm just like, let's give you something cool, man. Cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if somebody decided like I I have two names. You can call me Mo or you can call me Monique. Those are yeah. both my name. But if you decided that my name was like Shirley. Or Jennifer, I might be like, mm-hmm. what? Have you, have you encountered people, and I've encountered some people in my life, where they decide they have a new name and they're 30? Have you had those people where they're like, you know what? I no longer want to go by Teresa. My name is Ted. I do. I do have a couple of friends like that. Some of them transitioned. Uh, they but transitioning is different, though. It was different? Okay. Yeah. Let's, and then let's I have take... a couple of friends who like were Jennifer, and now they're something else, because there's two right. Jennifers. But, but at the same time, I'm frustrated because I don't want to try to call, if I've called somebody daily something and then they're all, oh, no, 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 my, my new name is Ramona. There was a Heidi, there was a Heidi in my life. And when she was in her 20s, she's like, my name's Ramona now. And that's, and I'm you just, just gotta like, do it though. Like, I'm like, no, like, no, it's not. If I was like, hey, Tony, I need you to call me Sunflower from now on, I would expect you to do it, so. I would just say, but hey. no, just call Mo, Mo or Monique. It's I would just say, hey, I'd be like, hey, hey. hey. I can't remember what her name is. Hey, but you've known her for 200 years. No, it's Monique, but it's Sunflower. It's skill singer. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> no, but yeah, if, if someone, if someone's actually, you know, transitioning, that's a completely different thing because we're relating, totally different thing. Well, we, we're relating to them on a completely different level as well. There's right. a, there's a right. whole. It's not a sense of like, I like leisure. There's a sense of necessity there. So. Right. Whereas yeah. if it's just like, my name's been David for 20 years and now I want to be Ted. And then there's nothing else. I'm not doing it. It's David. It stays David. Okay. <laughs> I'm putting my foot down. Like Does anyone I, ever call you Anthony? Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, well, like, for anything that, my name's Anthony, then everyone calls me Tony. So, um, the, I, even the other day, someone knocked on my door and they're all Anthony. And I'm all, yeah. I mean, I answered to both. Okay. I answered a hey, Antoine. Too. <laughs> Antonio. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, more of my relatives have called me that, but they've died. My uh, my grandpa used. Is to that what me, killed them? 
I called, called it. Yeah, I yeah. called Tony Antonio, and then I dropped dead. And I had an alibi. <laughs> <laughs> no, my grandpa Barney. He used to call me Tonio, and um, and I didn't know where he got the name. I thought he was so clever. And then as I grew up, I was like, oh, he's just shortening Antonio to Tonio. Okay. But uh, yeah, Tonio, Antoine. I, I have a couple of. I have a couple friends named Anthony, and they'll we call each other by different Anthony names. So, yeah. See, but we didn't change it. We started okay. it early. We started it early in the relationship. Right. I mean, I don't love Monique as a name. It's it's too. I don't. I don't know. I, I've never. It rhymes with geek and freak, which was capitalized on abundantly as a child. Aww. Maybe that's why Monique's. So a I became. Name. People do like it. Uh, I've had gentlemen that I've dated uh, want prefer to call me Monique rather than Mo, because Mo is one of the three stooges and uh oh interesting it's sort of gender neutral which i like yeah. um, mo mo so when i when it came time to publish every anxious wave i had to choose if i was going to publish as monique davio or mo davio and uh i and patchett happened to be reading at the bookstore i was working at at the time and i said and patchett you are a respected literary citizen you are the owner of parnassus books in nashville tennessee you clearly have some knowledge about which choice I should make. Should I be Monique or should I be Mo? And she said, oh, be Mo. Absolutely be Mo. That looks great on a book cover. So because of Ann Patchett, I am professionally Mo. I love that. Yeah. I, it's fun that it's fun we get to talk to our men, to our literary idols and mentors and get advice. Absolutely. And yes. then take the advice and then just like they knew. She yeah. was right. Yeah. So yeah that's fantastic so, yeah what so, uh professionally mo professionally mo. you can call me Monique. yeah I'm, pro- I'm professionally tony and you can call me tony that's, that's that's all I, I i wish i had more i wish i i wish i had more cool than that but that's all i got yeah, um cool. yeah you know what what the other thing that my non-writing friends have said during uh, all this pandemic stuff is you must be getting a lot of work done now <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> no, I. You know what? I kind of had a stride after I started taking Wellbutrin. My writing came back. Like I didn't write shit for months. Like between, I was starting to write when the pandemic started. I was working on a one-woman show about commencement speeches, uh, which I was writing to either do at a theater in Austin, Texas, where I was living at the time, or to perform to my alum friend at Smith to do for like a March 25th reunion, which is coming up in 2023, uh, oh, which cool. sounds hard, but it is not. So I was like, I want to talk about like achievement and success and like where we like that was, and then and then the pandemic came and I was like, you know what? Success and achievement are canceled. I have nothing to say about this. All I want to do is not die. Yeah. And uh, so that, that project got scrapped and then I didn't really write anything for months. And then I started working on um, some essays so I did get back into the swing, which I'm proud of myself for. Uh, that's I good. I, yeah. I, I think uh, people don't realize that we actually need like normal life to be happening to write. It's, right. It's not, yeah. it's, it's not a gig where you just go, oh, you're in solitary confinement in a you know, high security prison. Boy, you must be writing five books a day. It's just like, no, I'm just trying not to lose my mind. <laughs> right. I mean, a lot of what I've like, what have I been doing this whole time? watching old episodes of The Office on Netflix, because um, that's comforting. Yeah. Uh, doom scrolling, as we call it. Uh, calling all my friends on the phone 
I was very uh, assiduously calling everybody I knew and talking, like trying to connect like with everyone. Like I would go through my phone. I'd be like, do I want to talk to this person? If yes, beep, ring, yeah. ring, ring. If not, okay, I don't really know who that person is or I haven't spoken to them in nine years or like whatever. Um, so I did that for a while, but then I stopped. Like, it just seemed like that was, that had, that moment had passed. The moment of like, we're going to take this opportunity to connect with other human beings. Like everyone was just kind of like, fuck off, which understandable. Like, I don't take that personally at all. Yeah. Yeah. Brutal days. Brutal days. Right. But, right, but right. We'll, we'll see your film sometime in the future. I can't wait to hear the developments of uh, every aspect. Yeah, as soon as I know anything, I'll, I will let you know. I haven't really heard anything for a couple of months because no, yeah. not really moving forward at this point. But yeah. when I do when I do know something, I'll let you know. Thanks a lot, Mo, for coming on the show. Thank you, Tony. This was so much fun. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. Mo Davio and Drinks with Tony, check out her novel, Every Anxious Wave. Join me next Wednesday when my guest is Lee Goldberg as we discuss his new book, Bone Canyon. Have a great weekend. I'll see you next week.